We Saw a Thing is a movie podcast about remakes and sequels. In preparation for It Chapter 2 being released this weekend, Jay and Chris rewatched It, released in 2017. We saw a thing. Hi, uh, Georgie. And talked about it. Do you want to believe in George, Georgie? I'm not supposed to take stuff from strangers. Oh, uh, well, I'm Pennywise. Dancing Clown. Pennywise. Meet Georgie. Georgie, meet Pennywise. The following conversation has been edited for brevity. Here's the deal, man. I I like this movie. I I thought it's. I think it's a blast. Yeah, I know you like this movie. It is a genre bender. It does not. It's not a horror. It's not a comedy. It's a like an '80s romp, but not really an '80s romp. And the, it's just. It is fun. It's fun to watch. I didn't get to fun when I was watching this. Okay. A, I should start by saying I do not like horror movies. I am only watching this movie because of this podcast. I'd never seen it before. I will probably never watch it again, although I did watch it twice in preparation for this. It's it's not my thing. <laughs> I don't like scary movies. That sounds counterintuitive. I don't like horror movies. I didn't like this movie, but I watched it twice. Yes. I think you liked it more than you you let on. Here was the problem is that I aggressively hated it the first time I watched it. And then we took a little bit longer to record than I expected. That is true. <laughs> and it wasn't fresh in my head anymore. So I kind of had it on in the background today before our record session. And I found that I had some forgiveness for some things in the second watch that I would not have forgiven in the first. And a lot of it had to do with the way they introduced Pennywise to these children and the rules surrounding why he's there and and what it is he's looking to accomplish. I thought that they dropped the ball on a lot of those things on my first watch. At, at no point until it w- I was specifically told did I pick up on the fact that he's eating fear and he's showing everyone their worst fears because there was an inconsistency to that. Some kids, he was showing their worst fear and it was obvious to us that because they had showed us what the worst fear was. So they contextualized it for us. And then there were other kids that it just, he just sort of showed random crap to and it didn't seem to matter. And then there was a few kids where like he showed the same thing to. And so I never intuitively pick up on, on the fact that he was showing them their worst fears until I was told, which to me means that you didn't do a great job showing me. (laughs) But I had some forgiveness for that on the second round. I want to know, because I agree that it doesn't always show their worst fears, mostly because the kids haven't revealed their worst fears. So it just kind of throws something at them sometimes. Like, right. Ben in the library is hardly the worst fear. But we also get that wicked painting moment, which is definitely Stanley's worst fear. 100%. Bill's worst fear is 100 times over Gordy being a monster. Yeah. But Bev's worst fear seems to be her father, but also blood in a sink. I don't know about that one. That one is, that one was weird. It was super inconsistent. I didn't get, I can't remember the one kid's name, but I didn't pick up on the fact that he was a germaphobe. I picked up on the fact that his mom was a germaphobe, but when he got shown like kind of a zombie character, like I watched all the behind the scenes features because I was like, I don't get it. I don't understand what they're trying to accomplish here. 
He's like got this fear of uh, of germs and stuff. So we wanted to show him like a zombie or like some guy with leprosy. And oh yeah, 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 the leprosy. I didn't grasp that at all. Like all the monsters just kind of became interchangeable, right? The bully kid running into the sewer system. He just got shown some like weird zombies. Okay, I just assumed it was another one of those weird zombies. And there wasn't a point at which I picked up on, except for when Pennywise was kind of like puppeteering Gordy in the basement when it was flooding, there wasn't really another point where I picked up on the fact that Pennywise was the zombie. Pennywise was the zombie girls in the thing. Pennywise was... I didn't connect those dots either, which again could just be that like I'm not versed in the language of horror films. They probably did some tropey things that I just didn't pick up on. But also, I wasn't versed on the story beforehand either. So it's not like I went into this with any context for it at all, outside of the fact that I knew there was a clown in a sewer. That was the only thing I knew about this going in. Well, that's actually a good point. Because if you didn't come into this with any knowledge, I can totally see where there would be some issues with this. Because let's face it, like it was written in the 80s and it's 1950s. This to contemporize, and I think a little bit to capitalize on the momentum built by Stranger Things, they do the 80s. 100%. This film really does feel like Stranger Things. Like, a lot. It definitely feels like a cheap knockoff of season one of Stranger Things. Like, that felt like tighter storytelling to me, even though it's incredibly silly. This movie really wants to scare you, but I feel like... That doesn't always work. No. And I think that's why I find the film fun. Right. Like, pick a lane and stay in the lane. I like the comedy in the movie. I like the jump scares in the movie, even though I think there's too many of them. There were also really predictable jump scares. I'm not saying that any of that is bad. That's typically what I don't want and why I stay away from these kinds of films. But this is why I give it an okay pass, because you don't know what Pennywise is going to do. So when you get the jump scare, you are expecting it, but you don't know what it's going to be. In other movies, it's just a, a person or a scary face or something like that, or a cat jumps out. Community, by the way, plays with that cat montage really well in season two. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm doing a community watch and I died laughing. It was like, what is going on with that cat? But as far as I'm concerned, like Pennywise coming out of a fridge or Pennywise doing a jig, there are very different elements that go into this now where, yeah, I'm lined up for that jump scare, but I don't know what he wants to do. And because quite frankly, Pennywise is the hero, not the hero hero, but it's his movie. I felt like by the end, his go-to move was just him moving faster than he should be able to towards the camera or towards one of the protagonist characters and, and like drooling a lot and making weird noises. And, by the end of the movie, I, I felt very desensitized to that. And so it didn't, that final battle sequence, at no point did I ever feel like, you know, our our kid heroes were ever really in danger. A part of that, even though you've never really read the source material or know about the old TV movie miniseries, you do know, I think from Osmosis, that there's a sequel and there is a part two where they're adults. So... When you're watching a movie like this, it doesn't have a strong ending because it's not the end and they knew it wasn't going to be the end. So you don't get this like momentous, awesome moment. Richie screaming at it is okay, but you don't get the the feels. 
Plus, I really hated that he came back for Beverly and nobody else. Here's why there's no catharsis to me in this story. This story is very clearly about Bill missing Georgie. He is the main character. He is the protagonist. And they walk into Pennywise's area where he's got all these kids floating in the air. And Beverly is one of them. And when they defeat Pennywise, they get Beverly back. And then it just skips time. And they're all sitting in a field. And there's never a moment where we find out, well, they got... They got Beverly back. Does that mean that all the kids who were floating, like, come out of their trance and they're fine? So does he get Georgie back? There's never a mention of it. There's nothing. So what was the whole story about? Like, it it seemed to me, like, in that moment where I was like, wow, they got Beverly back. This is fantastic. He's going to be a hero. He saved all these kids. And then they're just all kind of, like, dour in a field. Like, there was such a disconnect for me in that moment because it felt to me like the whole plot was leading to that moment where he gets his brother back, and then it's not even mentioned. I don't think he gets his brother back. Well, if he does, we never see it. If he doesn't, they never talk about it. So why did they get Beverly back? There's an inconsistency to the storytelling that I don't understand. Pennywise has eaten him. All the other floating kids are like his snack packs for the next however long he's gone. Georgie's already dead. Sure, but it's supernatural, right? Like, they went out of their way to explain so many other little plot points that didn't really matter, like the main bully kid and abusive father. We didn't need that little tangent in order to understand that he was a bad guy in the film. And I will say that every single adult in Derry is abusive yes. in some way or another. This is not a town you want to live in with parents. One thing I noticed on the second viewing that I don't think I really picked up on in the first one was every time there was an adult around when one of the kids was being abused actively or was going to be having some interaction with something supernatural, anytime there was an adult around in that, there was also a red balloon. And so like it was almost like the parents were like complicit in this thing. Well, it's just kind of this sacrifice we've got to make to this evil demon spirit so that we can live our lives for another 22 years or whatever it is. I would say that uh, one of the things about this film, like especially watching it after Stand By Me, is that the kids don't have any moments to just be themselves in a way that there is no peril. Well, it's just the swim in the rock quarry. That's really the only moments that they get that where it's just kind of childhood innocence. But that also isn't because they're all the boys are staring at Beverly and it's like, oh yeah, girls like this. We're on the precipice of girls for sure. But with that said, there's a great scene in the miniseries where they fight off Henry and his like goons. And they do the same thing in this movie where they throw rocks at him in that quarry and they kind of have a victory. Right. My problem with that part is they barely let the kids have a victory because Pennywise is there chewing on an arm or a baby. And that was my problem. Pick a tone. Sometimes it's comedic. Sometimes it's about the kids. And sometimes it's about Pennywise. What I feel like the filmmakers really wanted to get across is Pennywise is always, always, always there. And often that doesn't work because you need to establish that the kids are still kids and they can have their own childhood. And 
they can do things on their own before they come and attack the monster. You know, there are things about it that bug me. And I would say that most of them have to do with the tonal shifts. Some of them have to do with departures from, you know, just stealing Beverly. Like that was such a weird moment for me when I'm watching the movie and all of a sudden he's there and it's like, I'm taking you. And I'm like, why would, why would you do that? Like it makes everybody realize, oh, we got to rally together and go get her back. And why couldn't that be Eddie or anybody else? Right, exactly. And that's where, again, I feel like Stranger Things did it better because you have this very strong female protagonist in in both It and Stranger Things, and one of them has agency, and one of them feels like she has agency until she doesn't, and then you get this weird Sleeping Beauty illusion that didn't really land for me because I felt like that stole away the character development from her character. You've got this whole... All of these sequences where she's standing up to her dad and she's cutting her hair and she's hanging out with people who make her feel better about herself. She's the first to jump off the quarry. She is the one making friends with Ben. She's being bullied herself, but rises above it. Like, her character is amazing. And then you steal all of it away for what is just a a bullshit sleeping beauty illusion that doesn't land anyways. Yeah, I mean, that to me bothered me. But like, the movie is a lot of fun. I really like the scene with the the film reel. Yeah. Or the film slides. I, I love that they all see it together. Yeah, there were a lot of things that I did like about the film. One of them was I bought the friendship of all of these kids together. This was kind of a star making role for for Richie who is played by the same kid from Stranger Things. So for all those people who didn't see Stranger Things, then they went and saw this. He's really great. Yeah. I almost think he's overshadowed by Eddie, but that also might have to do with my love for him in Shazam. Oh, that's right. He was in Shazam. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm watching that movie. I'm like, yeah, that's the Shazam kid. And, and I'm loving him and Richie just going up against each other. I don't know how they're going to do it where they're going to mean as much as the kids meant. The kids definitely mean more, I think, in these things than the adults. Yeah, I totally agree. It's going to be, it's a weird disconnect to create love for characters that ostensibly aren't going to be in the next film, right? Like we, we're going to have to transfer that love to new actors, which is always a hard thing to do. Agreed. Like you're really going to have to step it up and show us the connection between these new actors mm-hmm. and the kids. And I, I felt like the miniseries did a good job of that. Mm. I just don't know how they're going to do it in this. I don't know. How are you going to make Pennywise scary? Like Pennywise to me was scary with Georgie because you knew the threat was there. After that, I never really was that scared of Pennywise. And in fact, I found some of Pennywise's dialogue to be very difficult to understand because they're working so hard to make him weird and off-putting that it detracted from just being able to like completely understand what he was saying. And some of it mattered a lot to the story they were telling. Like, I didn't pick up on the first couple times that he's talking about, oh, you should come, you know, the kids are floating, you can float too. And there's tons of him talking about that. And I didn't pick up on it because it was like, he was just unintelligible sometimes. And that was something that I know you haven't seen the miniseries, but Tim Curry was much goofier. He was much more a clown than anything else, making stupid jokes. He like would say balloon, like 
he was very different than this Pennywise. And I think the reason it was effective was because he was closer to being a clown than a monster. And it, it was more scary because clowns are scary in their own right. That is always a thing in film. The thing that you don't see is always scarier than the thing that you do see because... It doesn't matter what you show me. If it is not what my imagination tells me is truly frightening, then it's not going to land. And so again, like these aren't the kinds of movies that I would normally watch. I'm not a big horror person. I'm not a big like scary movie person. I don't like monster films for the most part. Are you telling me we are not going to see It Chapter 2 tomorrow? (laughs) Uh, Probably not, no. (laughs) I feel like we got to go tomorrow, man. We got to find out how this ends. (laughs) I don't know that I care. None of it matters enough to me. And I'm not so locked into my dislike of horror movies that I wouldn't go see it if the story and the characters had landed to me better. So out of all of the scares that happened, as somebody who does not like horror movies, was there a moment in it that was genuinely creepy or fearful for you? Maybe one of the visions? I personally was pretty taken aback by Mike's vision of the fire. And I don't know if that's because it was like a bunch of people burning to death in a fire or if it was that the arms were coming out the sides. It was just very unsettling to me. I don't know. There was always something in one of those moments that took me out of it. And I'll use the example of when all the blood spurted out in the bathroom on Beverly, which was like kind of a weird, creepy thing to happen. And she's clearly terrified. And like that that sequence kind of drew me in, right? This is pretty creepy and weird. And then her father comes in. And he's claiming not to see any of the blood. And it would be all the creepier if he's interacting with the environment, but for some reason the blood doesn't interact with him. And so that little moment of like his boot coming up off the floor and just like the little tendrils of blood sticking to his boot. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Why would they have done that? Or or why would they not have done anything with that? And just that simple thought that crossed my mind took me right out of the, the terror of it. And I just found there was little moments like that in all of them, right? And it reminded me, I used to be a very big M. Night Shyamalan fan when his movies were good and worth watching. And I remembered Signs, which isn't a horror movie and still has one of the creepiest moments I've ever seen on film. The handheld camera at the child's birthday party, and it kind of looks up, and the alien walks from, like, just across their driveway, and it's this, like, split-second thing that happens. I'm still getting a weird shiver down my spine just thinking about it, and and I never got that moment in this movie that just showed me everything. That is actually really interesting to hear because... I I know exactly what you're talking about with signs. I have a different moment from signs when they look over and they see the alien standing on the roof. For whatever reason, that unsettled me right right to the core. I, I guess you're right. Like there's a lot of fleeting images of terror that don't stick with you. You and I talk about this a lot when it comes to superhero movies or just movies in general. And we always come back to the show us, don't tell us. If you invest the time into creating a situation where your characters truly do feel like they're in danger via something regular or something supernatural, I always have trouble with movies that don't show me. Just show me. They could very easily have gotten away with the 22-year cycle when the sequel comes out. 
I didn't need that explained in this movie. That's a good point. Like, they learned absolutely everything about this monster in this film. So when it comes to the next film, I mean, really, they're not going to be learning much of anything. They're going to be, we know exactly how to kill you. Let's go and kill you. But they don't. It seems weird that they've taken Pennywise dinner away for the next 22 years and he still waited 22 years to kind of restart the cycle again. Like there's a lot to this that just doesn't land for me as far as like consistent plot devices. I got nothing. I still think it's awfully fun. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is. It's it's a silly, fun movie. I think it's still... Pretty darn fun. Yeah, I guess. Uh, And you even said, Chris, Chris, you even said that you liked it a little bit more on the second viewing. I did not say that. I said I forgave it some of its sins upon the second viewing. (laughs) Because you liked it. There were some things that I liked. I thought the sound design was really good. I thought that they shot it in a really interesting way. There were some really dramatic camera angles that I appreciated, especially in that first sequence where Georgie's being pulled into the sewers. There's a couple overhead shots with the rain all falling down past the camera that I thought were just stunningly framed. So I really appreciated the cinema photography in a few sequences. What about the gore of Georgie losing his arm? Uh, I don't know. I feel like that's a thing that we would see on TV now, right? Actually, that's a good point. The the horror to me in that moment wasn't about Pennywise biting his arm off. It was the fact that this creepy thing in a sewer has abducted a small child. They picked the wrong creepy lane to go down for me. And that's why it didn't land. I mean, the nibbling on the baby arm, that was also like comedic versus scary. I remember now in that moment where he's sitting there and he's nibbling on the arm, I kind of had this moment where I was like, is he going to intervene and save them from the bullies? Because that'd be weird. It was very strange. Those moments were really weird. And I think the overall idea of it is that Pennywise is always there, but it, it takes you right out of the actual danger that they're in right currently. It left me off balance as a viewer, as I'm sure it did you, where where I wasn't ever really sure what they were trying to accomplish. There are so many movies out there that, to me, are like all about fun. They don't need to be much more. And I think that it, with its tonal shifts, which I believe are problematic, is still just a fun time. It's also like one of the most successful rated R movies of all time. We saw a thing. And talked about it. On September 19th, the guys talk about First Blood, released in 1982. We Saw a Thing is hosted by Jay Kennedy and Chris Shapcott. Produced by Shapcuts Media. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And leave a review in Apple Podcasts.